Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts carol g juan gabriel christina aguilera what do these three have in common you mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. KFI AM640. You're listening to the John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. The day after the Trump indictment was released, and we're going to have John Eastman on, increasingly known as co-conspirator number two. He was one of Trump's <laughs> attorneys. and it's like he, the dating game. That's right. And <laughs> that's number one, number two, and number three. He had a lot to do with uh, the legal strategy. That led Trump to believe that he could pull off, uh, could stay in the White House, right? changing changing the electoral slates, and Ooh. convince Mike Pence to certify the election in Trump's favor. Um, now, so- again, John Eastman has not been indicted; he's just listed as a co-conspirator. Now, there might be a strategy behind that, behind the uh, indictment. It's just about Trump. Uh, but there's a number of co-conspirators mentioned, not by name, and we're pretty sure that John Eastman is number two. And he will talk to us. He used to be the dean of law at Chapman University one hour from now on the John and Ken show. We'll also have an update on the guy that was found in the barrel off of Malibu. That was a big story this well, week. Well, the update, he's still dead. 
Well, we now know his name, what he did for a living, and a little bit more information about him. How's that? Oh, okay. All right. That's better. You were supposed to say things to get people to continue to listen. <laughs> well, that's all we have. Yelling out the update is he's still dead is not really advancing the football. But thank you. <laughs> I do what I can. Uh, you know, times are hard, John Cobelt. It's a big story at Daily Mail. Anybody can fall into homelessness, including Tori Spelling. She's living in an RV in Ventura County. <laughs> Complete with pictures of her actually doing the laundry and going shopping. Her father uh, may have been the wealthiest television producer Spelling, in yeah. history. I mean, he was worth over $100 million. He did a lot of shows back in the 1970s, like Charlie's Angels. Well, she's splitting up from her husband, but she's also claiming that their mansion has got mold. So she's That's been a messed up family. To find other place to hang out, and there she is in an RV in Ventura uh, County. Well, uh, mom obviously has it in for her. His spelling had a wife who. Oh, you think that she didn't a, get much from his death, or apparently, uh, no. I mean, the mom did, right? But it looks like the daughter didn't. Yeah, it says here she grew up in a fifty-six thousand square foot French chateau style mansion did, that her father owned in Holmby Park neighborhood. Did you ever see it? No, I saw pictures of it, though. I've seen it. Because it was considered, it. like, the largest at the time, right? It was, One of the it, most was, it was next to or on the same block as Hugh Hefner's uh, Playboy Mansion. Oh, okay, right. But but there was a park across the street, and it had a, a pitch-and-putt golf course, and I used to take the boys there all the time. And everybody would, you know, point and talk that, you know, just down the block is the spelling house. Right. And it was it was massive. It was the size of, it seemed like, several hotels. It was gigantic. And the idea that there's anybody living in a trailer who is a direct descendant of Aaron Spelling is just unbelievable. Somebody, somebody's really wow. treating she's somebody got, badly. She's got five kids. Yeah. They're all hanging out in that 16, 15, 11, 10, and 6. Yeah. There was photos of her coming out of a cheap motel the other day with the kids. Yes, $100 a night, it says. Seedy. Yeah. Seedy. It was, it was a seedy hotel. So uh, you know. I can't tell if it's hard times or well. You think oh, if you were rich, times. well, you, she's you, had some issues with her mom. I think they didn't yeah. speak for a while. That's and, what it is. Mom know. doesn't want to give her money. I mean, I mean he, he made he made like I, I don't know how many hundreds of millions of dollars, and his shows his shows made billions for the network. Oh, they were all over the place in the seventies and eighties. Yeah. All sure. right, let's uh, turn to everybody's worst nightmare: uh, shots fired on the freeway. Uh, we're going to go to Blake Trolley, KFI News, to find out all that we can about what happened uh, on the 57 freeway uh, last night. Blake? Yeah, guys, this is a uh, bizarre one with a lot of unanswered questions and some details that really have everybody scratching their heads. Last night, just before midnight, two cars were hit by gunfire on the 57 near Diamond Bar. One car was a white sedan with two women uh, and a man inside. The other was a pickup truck with a family in it, father, uh, uh, mother, and daughter. The truck with a family inside pulled over close to where the shooting happened. Nobody was injured. The white sedan drove all the way to Costa Mesa with the driver who was a woman and the man in the back seat of the car who was at least critically injured at the time of the shooting, if not possibly dead. 
ahead. The car travels all the way to Costa Mesa, about 30 miles, and ends up in a neighborhood. This is the first neighborhood to the left where the 55 comes to an end. Uh, there they call police who respond. Paramedics come and pronounce the man in the back seat dead on the scene. This morning, someone showed me video of the man's body being pulled out of the car. He was completely limp, bloody. There was blood in the car. Investigators were on scene this morning, really focusing on that white car, uh, which I should also note was not parked in a driveway. It just kind of came to to a stop in front of a house. Uh, in fact, it came to a stop in front of uh, this guy's driveway. Just coming out of my driveway right now, I tried to back out to go to the gym, and it was right at the end of my driveway. Uh, the tires are flat in the front. There's bullet holes in the uh, passenger side window. Um, looks like damage to the front windshield and then some, you know, body damage and stuff like they've been hitting other cars. And yeah. the passenger side damage or bullet holes that you saw, was that um, in the rear or just the front? Uh, the front passenger side door is open and there's bullet holes directly through the, like, tinted glass window. Right. Did you see any blood or anything like that? No. I posted a photo of the car uh, onto my Twitter at Blake Troll. You guys can look at it, and uh, in that photo, you can see a bullet hole in the passenger side window. Now, all of this is under investigation, and of course, that includes why did they drive 30 minutes before calling police with a guy dying in the back seat? The driver hit. There's a lot to learn here. I've seen at least one report uh, that says the authorities believe the truck was hit in crossfire. Uh, the same guy who was blocked in kind of gave reporters an idea of what investigators uh, did as soon as they responded yesterday. So we have a couple cameras facing down the driveway and um, that was another thing that kind of woke us up as we saw flashlights on our uh, house which is the driveway directly across from where the car is right now and uh, police were looking trash cans, backyard, that type of thing, seeing if anyone had, I don't know, maybe jumped into our uh, backyard or something like that. So, yeah, a lot of unanswered questions, guys. I tried to, you know, at least lock down that detail. You know, does it appear that white car, the one that drove 30 miles, was the only one targeted? That is uh, still at this point in time not uh, not confirmed. So we have no motive, not road rage. We don't know anything, right? Pretty much no, absolutely nothing, Ken, except for the very bizarre <laughs> circumstances behind this. I mean, you know, as soon as I read the details, my first question is, why did this car travel all the way to Costa Mesa with the driver hit and the, uh, you know, the backseat passenger dying in the back seat? I mean, that's yeah, they, just... Nobody called 911, nothing from the car. Uh, then Apparently they... they did when they got to Costa Mesa. When they got to Costa there's Mesa. There's some kind of dark story there. Nobody... nobody it sounds looked... targeted, right? Yeah, but... They didn't want the police involved. They just let their companion die. Yeah, be ready for some updates on this one, guys. Obviously, yeah, there's a lot right. to fill in here. There are a lot of details to fill yeah. in here. Uh, and I think we're going to be hearing something those relatively it, soon. Something in their minds made it worth letting the guy die rather than get police. All right, Blake, thank health. you very much for that report. That's All right. right, thanks, guys. As he said, stand by for updates. This was a shooting on the 57 freeway that uh, ended up with the people, and this is a, uh, an area in Diamond Bar, but the people in the car where the shooting who got shot kept driving and ended up in Costa Mesa where one died, another one was hurt, and we don't know much else on the story. And this happened 11 o'clock last night on the 57 freeway. Coming up next, we will give you that update on the guy that was found dead in the barrel. We now know his name and a little bit about his background. Also, an outrageous crime. They're back again. Uh, it's a smash and grab, people. Where do you hear what they knocked off this time? John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. 
You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. We press forward. Our guest at 305 is going to be John Eastman. Uh, he is the former law dean at Chapman University. And, of course, now we now know he's the number two uh, co-conspirator in the latest Donald Trump indictment. And uh, Trump's uh, one of Trump's attorneys saying it's all uh, it was all his idea. It's John Eastman. Yeah, John Eastman. There's the bus. Get under it. <laughs> Your bus has arrived. Lay down. If, if this guy's to be believed, that's going to be the defense strategy that Trump was just following the advice of his trusted legal opinion, right, men? And Mike Pence has uh, called uh, all Trump's attorneys crackpots. Mike Pence must have walked around with a little notepad because he took uh, voluminous yeah. notes on a lot of things, supposedly, <laughs> in the indictment that were going on. <laughs> Phone calls with Trump, stuff that happened in uh, meetings, yeah. and, of course, they were trying to pressure Pence to uh, derail the certification of the election is the allegation. So John Eastman has agreed to come on the show, I think with enthusiasm, I understand, John. So I don't think he had to be coaxed. He may have even reached out to us. I don't, I don't know. Anyway. Well, if he... Uh, he's, not, he's not charged with anything, so... He's not charged with anything yet. And uh, if he thinks nothing uh, nothing was done wrong, mm. then he'd uh, have, we have reason a, to be that enthusiastic. We have an update on the man whose body was found stuffed inside the barrel at a place where the Cobelts apparently go and visit the Malibu oh, yeah. Lagoon State Beach. You've not been questioned? I, I have not been questioned. Um, okay. I wasn't there when the barrel washed ashore. No? Okay. No. This happened over the weekend. I go there Monday. to look at birds. Oh, I, I don't look for dead bodies in barrels. It bothers you me. You stand that. there nude watching birds, huh? Well, no. no he just watches beach. birds. I just like watching birds. Makes me happy. In the nude. <laughs> well, unfortunately, the man that uh, is dead was found nude inside a sealed barrel. We knew that yesterday. What we now know is his name, Javanta Murphy. 32 years old from Silmar, which is not exactly around the corner from Malibu. Uh, they have not given any other details about the cause and manner of death, whether he was shot or strangled or stabbed or what, before he was stuffed into the barrel, which was sealed. Uh, the death, yeah, this is the news of the obvious, the death is likely a case of foul play. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> 55-gallon drum, it was plastic. That's one, that's one for printing. One sharp detective on the scene there. Well, they have to put that out officially. Do you think it's foul play? Uh, he was involved in music, is all we know. And the first thing I thought of today was, remember that shooting that occurred in another area you're familiar with? Your mm -hmm. old neighborhood there, right? Sure. Uh, where the two women were killed? Yeah, yeah. Was that was like a rap music party, right? right. And so, of course, the sh shooting shots broke out. Yeah, in Instagram posts, he can be seen producing, recording, and writing music, both alone with other artists. And in a video posted three months ago, he's shown hiking in Malibu Creek State Park. So it may have been a place that he liked to go to, yeah. to walk, and maybe somebody who didn't like him tracked him there. He got somebody him, mad. Stuffed him in a barrel and threw it in the water. He was, in, he was, he was involved in something uh, something not good. I guess, because you don't it's end hard up to believe in, this was random targeting. That's right. right. No, somebody like your mom or my mom doesn't end up in a barrel in the ocean. You, no. You, you have to be involved in bad things. But remember, as Steve said yesterday, one of the investigators said whoever did this is an amateur because, again, the the barrels kind of floated around and people mm -hmm. saw it. So he was not dead that long. They said his foot didn't appear to be too decomposed. So Maybe they uh, just tossed him out to sea and uh, the tide brought him in uh, quickly. <laughs> Somebody just loaded him, unloaded him off a boat. 
Also from the world of crime, we bring you this story. ABC reporter Sophie Flay on, oh, look at this, another West Side criminal incident, John. The Century City Mall. That's a nice high-end mall and a place that Deborah Mark loves, the Gucci store. Here's the story from Channel... Gucci? One of her hangouts. From Channel 7. Cell phone video from Citizen captured a group of men rushing out of this Gucci store at the Westfield Century City Mall with luxury bags and suitcases. According to Los Angeles police, nine people got away with the stolen goods around 3 p.m. Monday. And over in Irvine, surveillance footage caught three suspects in a smash and grab at Jewels by Allen. Two women who were in the store shopping immediately dropped to the floor. I'm numb. I am absolutely numb trying to figure out, okay, what's our next step? You can see the suspects using hammers to shatter the jewelry cases and get the goods in the middle of the day Monday. According to Irvine police, the robbers got away with an estimated $900,000 in jewelry. We know that we take a risk in this business. We know that. But customer walking in, they're, they're, not, they're not ready for this kind of atrocious violence that's committed. The thieves were wearing all black and had their faces covered. Thankfully, no one was hurt during the violent robbery. And now Alan is left to pick up the pieces. I can't stop because something like this happened. You know, we have to get on with life. I have a family to feed. I have bills. This lease still, we have to pay for it. All kinds of stuff. This doesn't stop. And I'm not stopping. The National Retail Federation notes that three of the top 10 cities for retail crime are in California, with Los Angeles taking the top spot. It just kind of shows you the mentality that they either don't think they're going to get caught or they don't care if they get caught. And Mark, so far, no arrests have been made in connection to either incident. All right, that's from Channel 7. And of course, it was not only the uh, shakedown of the Gucci store in Century City, but also the robbery of a jewelry store in Irvine. Is this coming back around again? Are we going to start to see uh, these smash and grab robbers who like to just run in there and grab everything? I they don't can? know. The police had busted up a ring uh, going back a year and a half ago. I think it was December 2021. Oh, I remember that. That's and, right. And so it, it, uh, they, they were coordinated attacks, and it was all the same group. So. Those oh, guys. then they're probably free of all that. They probably, oh, sure. even if they were charged, well, they only got a day or two in prison, so they're jailed, so they're back out, right? You, you get, I mean, if the lesson isn't clear, you, you, as a regular private citizen, get exactly what you vote for, what you put up with. And you have that idiot George Gascon still in power. You've got Karen Bassetti. Uh, and they tie the, uh, they, they, they tie the police up. Police yeah. are not allowed to patrol the way they're supposed to and respond to crime the way they're supposed to. You know, they might have gone past the defund the police philosophy, but there's still that mentality out there. And uh, so this is what you're going to get. Of course, you're going to get smash and grabs because not, nothing much happens. And it's 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 very profitable. I mean, the stuff, you know, what Gucci costs? A lot Deborah, of money. Deborah, tell them how much Gucci costs. I don't costs. have a Gucci purse, but there's <laughs> thousands of dollars. You got a Gucci something, though. Right? I, Ooh, I Gucci, have a Gucci, Gucci belt. A Gucci belt. A belt. I do. That's right. She can only afford a belt. Well, now it's you know a... what to get her for Christmas, John, for the holidays. <laughs> right. She should like some Gucci material. <laughs> but, you know, you know, I have gone into stores like this with my wife around the holidays. And yeah. um, what they do is they lock the door. They have a security guard. They lock I have the door, seen that. Yes. And they, they let people in one at a time. Well, they still do that now, even though it's yeah. not holidays. And anymore. they have a security guy in there standing there just in case. Yes, I've seen this. 
In fact, I went to one of the high-end malls in Orange County, and uh, there's very few people shopping in the stores because the stuff's really expensive, but that's exactly what they were doing, like you know, one person at and a time. I've seen that at a jewelry shop. I've also seen it at, at a high-end gift shop. And, you know, they'll send some some goon over to look to look you over through the window to All see right. if you're worthy of coming in. You're not going to knock just, us yeah, off. Yeah, right, that you're not going to be a, a smash-and-grabber. Yeah, so. because there's no metal detectors at these mall entrances. They can't tell no. if you've got weapons you or know, what you're doing. And, they, so. you know, the, the police will show up in about an hour, and you'll be lying there in a pool of blood with a chalk outline around you. Uh, it's all part of harm reduction, John. We just want to make sure. Yeah, harm reduction. Right, that the shoplifters get what they need, right, and that nobody gets hurt, so we don't want anybody interfering in the store, right? Right. Isn't this, is going to use this harm reduction policy with everything now? <laughs> that's, Drugs, that's basically what it is. It, it's a euphemism for anything goes. There's and no we, and, laws anymore. And we also want to harm reduce the, the toll on them going to prison or jail. We want to make sure they I mean, still have a life. You, you vote for so many blockheads. We wipe out their criminal record, right? And every single time they do a, a man in the street interview on these stories, every time they talk to, oh, I can't believe what's happening in our city. It's like, I want your voting record. Prove to me you didn't vote for these clowns. I bet you did. Because these clowns win overwhelmingly. None of these races are even close. All right, we'll return. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. 
I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. You can hear us on the radio from 1 until 4, and then after 4 o'clock, whatever you missed, it's the uh, iHeart app for the John and Ken On Demand podcast. Yeah, and, and uh, please uh, connect to us to the Moist line. We'd love your messages through that app. Use the microphone icon. Call the toll-free number 1-877-MOIST-86. 1-877-664-7886. Our guest next hour to kick off the hour is John Eastman, supposed to be co-conspirator number two in the Donald Trump indictment that was announced during our show yesterday afternoon. Uh, he's agreed to come on the air. And he's not been charged with anything, but he certainly is considered a key player in the whole plot, if you want to call it that, to change the election results from 2020. So uh, we'll get his take coming up right after the news at three o'clock. This may not seem real, but this story apparently is real. The only thing I want to say, because it got me, clickbait, Mm -hmm. we were talking about this yesterday, it it got me, I had to see. And when you scroll through it, you read the whole thing, you go, it's really probably just a few people. But just proving that anything can happen, Uh, here it is. NBC News, inside the online world of people who think they can change their race. (laughs) Since before she hit double digits, Elisa, age 15, has felt a special connection with Japan. She asked to be anonymous because she might end up being doxxed. She was born in Ukraine, lives in Maryland. But she now goes by the Japanese name Mayuki and listens to subliminals that promise she will wake up and be Japanese. Turning Japanese, I think I'm turning Japanese, I really think so. You know that's a do, jerk. Do, 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 do. Sorry, <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> you, you know what that song means. That's a dirty song. It, it is a dirty song. Oh, I, I, it's a 1980s song, right? No, she doesn't know what I, it means. I, I don't. I just, love, I just love the song. She's oh. so innocent. Why would you think she'd know that? Okay, what does it mean? Oh, I... Is he allowed to clean it up? Somebody's pleasuring themselves. Oh. Wow. If you're turning Japanese, you are. Well, that probably has gone out the window now as being inappropriate, don't I, you think? I, what? <laughs> I, hmm. okay, go ahead. I, I don't I'm know. i have to do a little research on that. Uh, that, 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 was, that was the story now. I... Hmm. Well, it's called RCTA, Race Change to Another. Uh, They try to manifest physical changes in their appearance and even their genetics to become a different race. This story says that most of the people that they discovered who were in this category want to be East Asian. I I can't really explain that, but that's another girl in the story that's Egyptian. She also wants to be East Asian. Something about uh, making the Asian culture exotic. And uh, fascinating to some people. people. They seem to be teenage girls mostly. Well, all right, you're dealing with yes, I know. the unbalanced <laughs> demographic there to begin with. Uh, and, you know, I, I, people have a lot of fantasies and fetishes and obsessions 
And that's all this is. It's really not worthy of a story, except it's clickbait. You can put a, the word race in there and have people gasp and say, oh, no, cultural appropriations. Someone is trying to, to run off with my race. That would be a part of the, the debate. You're right about but that. But what's the debate? If there's some Looney Tune girl who thinks she's Asian, just let her sit in a room and enjoy her weird fantasy. It doesn't have to be a, a scholarly uh, controversy here. Yeah, I know. It's it's you know what? It's not wrong to be crazy. It's not illegal. It's well, not they illegal found, to have a weird obsession. This part's really going to fry you. They found a historian named David Freund who actually says biological race does not exist. What we know today is race is a combination of inherited characteristics and cultural traditions that have been passed down through generations. The well, modern concept of race is inseparable from the systemic racial hierarchy hundreds of years in the making. Look, the reason Norwegians are pale and that Africans are dark-skinned is because of uh, natural evolution. There's a lot of sun in Africa, and so the people who developed darker skin had more pigmentation, more melanin, would survive. And, right. you know, be, be... So if we all stayed in the same place, we'd all look alike? <laughs> I well, guess. I, I, and yeah, um, evolutionary wise, yeah, yeah. Let's say wherever people, humans came from, they didn't move outside of like a just pick a country in Europe, right? People uh, in in Norway, there's not much sun up there, and, and and days are short in the winter time. You you don't get a lot of direct sunlight, and so your 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 skin tone will be different. You don't need to develop melanin. There there's no um, there's no evolutionary prize for having more pigmentation. But the farther south you go, like look at the Mediterranean region, right? Italians, Greeks, Spanish. They're yes. somewhere in between because right. the, the, the sunshine and the weather, the latitude is somewhere in between. So the, the farther north you go, the paler people are. The farther south you go, the darker people are. And that's not a genetic thing. That's just ad evolutionary adaptation to your environmental conditions. I mean, this story says some people are doing it because they feel guilty about the race that they, they almost used the word, they've been assigned. <laughs> assigned. <laughs> and they just, they feel guilty and they want to be something else or they just admire. Uh, this girl in the story is Egyptian, but she wants to be mm. Japanese and Korean. And she's put out videos. Uh, hey, there's, there's people who, who fake their ethnicity or their race in order to get some kind of societal benefit. What was that oh, crazy yeah, woman, Rachel Dolezal? She oh, ended up being right. a, a white person. She wanted to identify as black, right. Right. She ended up running like a, a local chapter of the NAACP or something like that. What about <laughs> Trump's favorite senator, Elizabeth Warren? Elizabeth Warren, yeah. She ran around saying she was a Cherokee Indian uh, because um, that would get her, get her to check the box to get oh, into yeah. college. Show more diversity, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, oh, New and particularly an underdog, right? That idea to get into college, she would come from an underdog. Uh, you place. know, I've heard of like TV newscasters trying to pass themselves off as Hispanic in, in in certain markets, you know, like Los Angeles, because that's what the news directors were looking for. Well, I told you that back in the day, I was told that I should change my last name to Marquez, and people still think that that's my name, thanks to the way you say it. Oh, because I talk too fast. Yes. Yeah, he talks so fast it sounds Deborah like Marquez. Marquez. Well, Deborah you know, Marquez has the news. Right. You should have made it Deborah Marquez. No, but, but years ago when we were living on the East Coast and we wanted to work out in L.A., I uh, called the local news stations here, uh, pretending to be my wife's agent, just to get an idea of uh, 
you know, how many jobs were available and what they're looking for. And I had three news directors uh, tell me that if, you know, if she's Hispanic or, you know, can pass for Hispanic or has a Hispanic name, it'll be a lot easier. Like, they didn't care if it was real or not. They just want, you know, as long as you could sell it, then it'd be more likely she'd get hired. And this is this is a long time ago. All right, we got more coming up. Remember, our special guest after 3 o'clock is uh, John Eastman. He used to be the law dean at Chapman. And, of course, a top advisor to President Trump, particularly when Trump was saying that the election results in 2020 were fraudulent, that gave Biden the election. He is co-conspirator number two in the Trump indictment. Not charged, but that's who he is. John Eastman. Johnny Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. And Deborah Marquez has the news. <laughs> You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. John Eastman, co-conspirator number two in the Trump case, is coming on with us after 3 o'clock. Does the lawyer have a lawyer? Or? <laughs> well, we're going to find out. We're going to find out what is he doing. I mean, is could he be indicted? And uh, is he expecting that? Or are they just going to use him as a witness? So they're going to try to squeeze him? I'm reading that he's asking for $500,000 for his legal defense fund through a Christian fundraising site. So uh, John Eastman? He is, yes. Ah. yes. So he might be concerned. And of course, he's also fighting disbarment. Uh, he was a guest on our show many times over the years, especially when Trump was president, issues with the border and other things going on. But anyway, this, of course, all has to do with uh, Trump fighting the outcome of the 2020 election, yesterday's big indictment from the federal government. Trump is supposed to, do we know if he's going to appear tomorrow in Washington, D.C., in federal court, or are they going to do it like via Zoom or something like that? Remotely? I think he's supposed to appear. Oh, I heard he wants the, <laughs> he wants the trial moved to West Virginia. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. Out yeah. of D.C. to West Virginia. Washington, so. D.C., he only got 5% of the vote. Seriously. It was 92 to 5. West yeah. Virginia, I think he got something like 72% of the vote. Now you know why. Yeah. It's, I think it was the nearest state where he did really well. So, Well, sure. Well, that, we, that, it may come down to that is how people vote politically. We uh, mentioned last hour, uh, the New York Times did a story on what's going on in Portland with the horrible uptick in overdoses, particularly since they passed a law that basically decriminalizes fentanyl and meth and all that. The Times also did a story in the pictures, just like the Portland story, are unbelievable. Migrants sleep on the sidewalk, the face of a failing shelter system. People have come from all over the globe to a city that's legally required to give them a place to stay. Remember, they have that law in New York. This week, city officials said they've run out of room. And there's actually a picture of a police officer with a bullhorn trying to corral the crowd behind barriers who are on a sidewalk. Uh, the story by Andy Newman begins, they come from Colombia and Chad, from Burundi, Peru, Venezuela, Madagascar. In New York, they, are, they heard there was a haven for migrants, a place to live and get back on their feet. When they arrived, they found out that they had heard wrong. Two, three, four days later, they're still lined up outside the city's migrant intake center at the Roosevelt Hotel, <laughs> around the corner from Grand Central Terminal, close to 200 people, nearly all men, sleeping yep. on a sidewalk, heads resting on book beds, trash bags, belongings by their sides, the visible faces of a system that has officially broken down. Yep. And, and if you see the photos, they are all young men. 
There's hardly a woman or a child in sight. I can't. In fact, I'm looking at one photo and I can't see anything other than Because traditionally, the young men come to get to make money and they send it back to their family. That's usually the idea behind this. They are the most able-bodied. But you're right. I'm looking at that massive picture. But this this is this is the system. Well, first of all, Eric Adams. This is he, Biden. He, he's yeah. This is Biden. But this they're is, being sent there by Biden, maybe by the Texas governor who's overwhelmed. Well, combination but, of things, but, or maybe they're going there on their own because they kept hearing that this is a city where there's well, opportunity. Well, Eric Adams had had proudly proclaimed it's a sanctuary city. Sanctuary city, right? Well, you know what? And Bill De Blasio, the mayor before that, they get again. They get what they deserve. You're a sanctuary city, and then one day you go, oh, no, not anymore, we're not. It's like, hey, sorry, <laughs> you stupid fool. When people told you that there shouldn't be such a thing as a sanctuary city but had the rule of law, oh, that's racist and xenophobic. It's like, okay, have it your way. You're the mayor of the city, not me. You got to deal with this. I don't. They're all getting what they deserve here. People in Portland, people in San Francisco, people in New York, all these progressive ideas suck. They're well, Ill, they're rational, illogical, wrong, cannot work. It's impossible to work, no matter what your stupid ideology is. It said that last week they seemed to keep up, but then on Monday, Mayor Adams simply said, that's it. There is no more room from this moment on. It's downhill. Yeah. So, I mean, he's made this plea before. Didn't he go to Texas and tell the migrants there, don't come to my city? But this idea that anybody's going to listen to a politician, right? I Nobody know. listens. They, they, but they, the word will get out because these people will tell their family back home, I'm sleeping on a sidewalk. This yeah. isn't good news here. I, eventually this has to ebb and, and drop off. Because, Does it? We got well, another, we got another well, 8 million also, people. When you look at Manhattan, there's still a lot of workers who never came back to the office. So to get a job there, you know, at a restaurant or somewhere, that's also not a good deal since the pandemic. Wait, they they were they rely on on social media. Yeah. You know, they they rely on all whatever rumors are floating around and those evil uh, ca- uh cartel smugglers, they they send out phony stories because they they just they just want to charge everybody for coming over the border. So they make stuff up. They tell them, oh, yeah, there's jobs, there's 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 rooms for you, you can bring your family. That's what they're telling them. They're telling them all kinds of, oh, by the way, pay me $3,000, and you'll have a room and you'll have a job by Monday. Oh, okay. They, they talked to a 30-year-old migrant from Chad. Well, that's a long way to come. Who only gave his first name. He's surprised that he's forced to sleep on the street. I'd at least think we'd have a place to stay. Mm-hmm. Apparently, though, they do walk around and give food out. Sandwiches, water, bananas, popcorn. Because it's full. I, I, I've been telling a couple of people, it, it, when, when something's full, this is a law of physics. It means there's no more space, no more room. There's nothing you can do. I was going to say, isn't it supposed to turn over? That if there's space, somebody eventually finds a place, well, where, like where a they, sponsor or a relative? They don't have know. sponsors or relatives. No. They, they got nowhere to go. This is stupid. You can't you can't pump two million people. Oh, oh, and they're squealing as if as if the little border towns in Texas are supposed to absorb all this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have never, you, can't handle it. you know, it's one thing to have a different philosophy on how to govern, but these people who push this stuff are stupid. They're just flat. They lack basic intelligence. They don't understand that there's only so much space in a building and then you hit capacity and then the next guy's got to lay out in the street. And that's what Eric Adams has because he's stupid. Like the mayor of Portland, the mayor of San Francisco, all these people. All right, coming up next, 
Our guest is John Eastman. John Eastman used to be the Dean of Law at Chapman University, but more well-known as a top advisor to former President Trump. But back when Trump was president, this was the man who was key in telling him what we could do to change the results of the 2020 election that was given to Joe Biden. And of course, Trump has been indicted on a case around this that involves John Eastman almost centrally. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. Hey, Deborah Mark, live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to the John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.